I'm tired of lying in the sunshine. Okay, you're gonna have to explain a couple things about that to me, because Steve, it's 23 degrees outside. Um, it is sunshiny, but I don't know. <laughs> and it's cold in here. <laughs> it's cold in the studio. I think it's a brisk 57 degrees in the studio today. H HVAC isn't working Chilly. today. Yeah, you're wearing a hat. I've um, got my hoodie on. I have gloves you on. You have gloves, I have and gloves I'm totally on. jealous of the gloves because <laughs> my hands are cold. <laughs> it's very cold. But Steve, what, I, what, what's that even from? Lying in the sunshine? Well, I was thinking about the resolution episode that we did okay. a few weeks ago and a couple of things that were bothering me about it. I was also listening to some Pink Floyd today. Okay. And uh, I was reading some Steve Chandler, so okay. it's just kind of all... Were, were you doing other things that Pink Floyd fans tend to do when they listen to music no, by Pink I, Floyd? No? No, I was not. Okay, that's good. Yeah, that is good. What, what bothered you about the resolution episode? The fact that we were, that we may have confused some people. Okay. Which is, I mean, I that's, tend to do that. I, yeah, that's normal. <laughs> as, a but, nerd, as a nerd, I like to confuse other people. Well, it's this, I'm, I'm thinking of the two ends of the spectrum when we're talking about goals and resolution and having resolve and trying to get things done and mm -hmm. being better and, and all those things. The two extremes where we have a, where we have a BHAG, mm -hmm. a Big, hairy, audacious goal. I don't know if we actually mentioned that. In I don't the, know if the, we did either, but that's a, that's, it's commonly used. Like that's a Jim yeah. Collins thing from back in the 90s. Um, he coined the phrase, and I think it was in Built to Last, uh, where he talks about big, hairy, audacious goals, BHAGs. Yeah. Just you have this, uh, you, hear, you hear the word moonshot yeah. nowadays, like and you're... Yeah, you're, you're just thinking these... Buzzword bingo? Yeah. You're just thinking these crazy big goals. Yeah. And then also, the, you go to the, the minute goals, like today, or this hour. <laughs> the or, smart goals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, oh. So we get... If you get so focused on short term, uh -huh. that's a problem. Yep. If you get so focused on the long term, that can be a problem. Yep. And everybody's bought planners and everybody's bought this system and that system. And, yep. and I don't like the one size fits all. I don't know if there is one size that fits all. I, it's super personal. We're, yeah, we're so different as individuals and, uh -huh. and different things work. And so I was, and I was just thinking we need to challenge the parents, which okay. we are going to today. Yeah, this, this could be an episode that gets... We, we might go into the locker room with the just take the parents in the locker room today and uh, have a little. We're down twenty at halftime, kind of speech, <laughs> singe some eyebrows or something a, a little bit here. But um, you said you were reading Steve Chandler earlier. What you? Yeah, I know you had a great quote. Steve Chandler, one of our we're big fans. Yeah, we're mentor, we're in the, big fan of. We're in the fan club, yes. and he's he's often referred to as the godfather of coaching and is just a fantastic thinker. And I'm just going to, should I just read it? Yeah, I'm just, I, it's I'm just going to read it. This is what he said in challenging parents to help their children. Your children will learn more from who you are being, let me say that again. Your children will learn more from who you are being than from what you are saying. Master life yourself. 
That is the greatest gift you can give your children. Your children will listen to who you are, so work on yourself. Drop the drama about your difficult past. Be proud of your time in hell. <laughs> I think we've all been there too. I, I, I think for most people that, that hellacious experience often comes from the struggle that we have with personal management, like managing ourselves, and then just like managing our time, goal setting, setting goals and falling short, not setting goals. I think we create our own miserable experiences. We do, it's misery, you're full of guilt. Yep, you, the, the you times we've the, all fallen short. You feel despair and you wanna quit because you had this BHAG, you had this, yep. this grand plan. I wanted to be a division one athlete or I wanted to go pro in something. And then it didn't happen. Nope. And so you wanna quit, you yep. wanna delay, you wanna distract. Yep, some of those. Some people wanna numb and go to a disoriented state. And that's why I love your, your Steve Chandler quote because it's that, that's the challenge and this is where we get the parents in the locker room. This is, this is why we have to step up as parents. This is why we have to elevate our game because we are setting the example for them and that example says more than anything else. And how we manage ourselves is probably the most critical example that we can set. How do we handle our calendar? Do we set goals? Are we ambitious? Are we chasing after dreams that we have? I think that's, that speaks volumes to our kids. If you're a parent of a performer or an athlete who has goals themselves, you've gotta be modeling that and chasing goals yourself. And we're not talking about perfection. No, definitely not. It's never about perfection. And that's, I, I, I don't think, even think our kids expect us to be perfect. No. They don't because they don't want us to expect them to be perfect. And so I think we kind of get the grace from them, even though they might not do it on purpose. Yeah, it's never about chasing perfection, but it is about are, are we going through the process and showing our kids how to go through the process of set a goal, fall short. Because you taught, one of the things I love that you say is you often refer to the, one of the challenges with setting goals and doing things is that our future isn't set, we have a moving future. We have a moving future. What do you this, mean by that? Well, this comes from Dan Sullivan, another, another mentor, mentor of ours, someone we, we admire, phenomenal coach, and you have to have a moving future. Yeah. It just, and this makes so much sense. If you, have this, if you have this huge goal at the end of the spectrum, and it's gonna take many steps there's gonna be lessons learned, there's gonna be things, that we, we talk about the uncontrollables, there's gonna be so many things along the way that you can't control that are gonna happen. It may change, it may change the actual goal. Yeah, be pivot. It, and so you, you are going to have a moving future. And so if you can create this balanced approach, which we talk about having a balanced goal approach, yeah. the, the, this, this gives you an opportunity to, well, one of my favorite phrases you use is adapt and adjust. Yep. You tell me to adapt and adjust, you tell me, so, get better. Yep. <laughs> Doesn't matter, get better. We adjust and adapt, that's what we do. And so I, like, we try to do that in our practice a lot. We adjust and adapt all the time. Oh, constantly. <laughs> constantly. You know what, you just, I've never thought about this before, but as you were talking about the moving future, isn't that a great way to manage expectations? Because expectations cause a lot of problems for people, especially, you know, I, I, in my work, I worked a lot with kids and their expectations get to them sometimes. If we look at that and realize expectations can actually be moving, like we, they can change. Like I can have an expectation this goes this way. If it doesn't, 
I adjust and adapt. And if we can do that with our expectations, that allows us to have big expectations, but not be defined by missing them. And I think that that would help a lot of people is just realizing that that moving future helps us to manage expectations, still have high expectations, still push for our very best. But if we don't get our very best in the way we envision it, we can adjust and adapt. And a goal setting system, a lot of goal setting systems fail because they don't account for that mobile future. I like that. You just used another M word there. Yeah. Mo mobile, mobile future. future. <laughs> Sorry. Moving target, moving future, mobile future. Oh, that's good. Same thing. It gives you a lot of confidence because if you know that you have a moving future, you yeah. get out of uh, the dreaded delay and hesitation mode mm -hmm. that where there's no progress and just leads to depression oh. and despair and all sorts of other nasty words <laughs> that start with D like discouragement and dismal. Oh, and yeah. Anyway, so. All the, the demons of. Yeah. The, can I share a personal experience? Yeah. I, I, I would we love. Need to, we so, need to move this to a practical. So here's where in my mind this gets practical. And, and this quest that I've been on, I, for those of you who don't know, I run. I love running. I obsess about running. I've been doing it for 10, almost 10 years now. And it's, it's changed my life in so many ways. And I love it because of that. But I early on got into this idea of my long-term vision was to qualify for Boston. And that doesn't move. Like that's, that's always the end goal for me. But as I started to try to go after, I realized how difficult it was, how much work I had to do, how far away from it I was. And if all I was fixated on was only that big, hairy, audacious goal, the BHAG at the end, I would get really frustrated. And I found myself feeling like that. So as I started working with a coach and working with others on how to build to that, I started setting goals in the midterm. Things like instead of just long term, it's like, okay, what are my, what's a five-year goal? What's a three-year goal? What's a one-year goal? What am I want to do this quarter? What do I want to do this month? And I started to structure out a program that's allowed me to adjust and adapt, even though the long-term goal doesn't change. I can adjust and adapt as I go because I have these in-between goals that allow me to, you know, okay, I, wanna, I need to lose five to 10 pounds. Okay, let's work on that this quarter. I need to you know, get a little bit faster. I need to get stronger. So this quarter I'm working on strength training more. And that's been my approach and it's helped so much in helping me feel like I'm actually making progress to a goal that's very big, very far out there. So do you feel less frustration when you hit a snag? Yes, or I still feel the, like the disappointment. Like there was that experience back in 21 when I was pushing for a PR, everything was going great. Like I was trained for probably a 10 minute PR. I was PR meaning personal, personal, record. personal record. I was going to take 10 minutes off my time and I was there. And 10 days before the marathon, my hip blew up. Just like bad news. Lived at the physical therapist for 10 days. They put it back together. But it was just the, a disastrous race. Finished, but I was so far off. And that was really, really frustrating. But what it helped the most with was I was able to pivot and create a new path to the same goal because I understood how to use the process. Process-based goals, using them to find a different way to get to what I wanted to, even though it wasn't necessarily on my original timetable. I love it. 
I love it too. It's fun to be a part of. And this is, I, I would challenge the parents, again, getting back in the locker room with the challenging, I would challenge parents, what do you want in your life that you really want to go after? Sometimes we get lost and focus so much on our athletes and performers that we're working with and building them and pushing them towards their dreams and helping them accomplish their goals that we forget the best thing we can do for them in their pursuit is try to pursue something that's big for us. I know my kids do things different because they've seen me work out six, seven, eight times a week consistently for years. And I know that that sits in the back of their mind. And I've, I've seen them and I, I hope this doesn't sound like I'm taking credit for the good things that they do, but one of my sons got into to weight training and he was the model of consistency. He knew that if he wanted to get his goals with weightlifting, he needed to be in the gym doing this over and over and over again. And I like to think that I, it was never any advice I gave him. It was just simply seeing me go for a run four, five, six, seven, eight times a week. And I think that makes a difference for them. And if we can chase our goals, we empower our kids to chase their goals. And sometimes it's, it's hard to step away from pushing them to theirs, but focusing on ours really empowers them. What's a simple way that parents could begin to map out this, this balanced goal approach? Do you start with the BHAG? I, I like starting with the BHAG. I think there's a balance, and this is why we call it the balanced goal approach, because the BHAG inspires you. A lot of smart goals, I know at work when they're talking, oh my gosh, Steve, smart. Do you remember getting talked about, talked to about smart goals? I have a love and hate relationship I hate with smart goals. Smart, I, see, I, I've I, learned to love them, but I hate them. But the only way I learned to love them was in the context of a BHAG. If you have a BHAG, smart goals make sense. But if the only thing is smart goals, it's all. Oh. Well, you could say the same thing the other way around, right? Yeah, you could. If, if you're just, if you are so short-term oriented, it's, you're going to end up frustrated. Really just frustrated. Just like if you're you only make... BHAG oriented, you're going to be frustrated. Yep. Only smart goal oriented would be frustrating too. I think sometimes in work situations, that's why, why workers get frustrated because the, the company will have this vision that the workers had nothing to do with creating, so they're not totally bought into the vision, but then they get shoved on all these SMART goals, and it gets frustrating. You lose the context. and So both of them are critical, and that's why we like that bounce goal approach. But to your point, if, if you're trying to create these as parents, I think you start with a BHAG, something that's big, a big dream, something you really want to do. What do you want to go after in your life? And then you start working it back you start creating the process of, okay, this is, this is what I need to do this month. This is what I need to do this quarter. And this is why you and I always set, we, like we, I think we talked in the resolution episode about how we focus on quarter goals, having this, this is our 90 day goal. And that really works well for us. But those 90 day goals are always in the context of big picture, the vision, the one-year goal, the three years, the, the long-term. And then the 90-day goal gives us a framework for, okay, what do we need to do today? That's where this episode came from. What do we need right. to do today to help move this project forward? And so it's, it's balancing the two ends of the spectrum out and then working in those blocks of time, weeks, months, quarters. So is, is this as simple as just getting out a piece of paper or firing up the computer and, <laughs> and uh, just starting to throw things out there as yeah. far as a BHAG and thinking, I mean, I know 
I know you and I, we have, uh, we even look 20 years. Um, we look 10 years, five years, three years, not only in what we're doing, but in our personal life and um, our relationships. But putting down a five-year yeah. goal. I mean, we could go back to, oh, I think I need to read the, Pink, the rest of the Pink Floyd lyric. Do it. I'd love for you to go back to that. That's actually from... I didn't know that song, and I love that. Oh, I mean, can you believe? I mean, any classic rock fans out there, you know that that you you've listened to "Time," the song "Time" by Pink Floyd. I don't know hundreds hundreds of times, depending on how how much you (laughs) well and how much time you add too. But (laughs) but uh, this well, here we go. Tired of lying in the sunshine, staying home to watch the rain, you are young and life is long, and there is time to kill today. And then one day you find ten years have got behind you. No one told you when to run, you missed the starting gun. All the rest of the song is brilliant too. I almost want you to read the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) That's deep, Steve. That, I, know, I know the subject of time is you're super passionate about this. In your personal coaching, you do so much great work with helping people understand the impact of time. What would you tell our parents that are listening to this to think about to get them creating something? I think we go right to Creation Corner and we issue Love a it. challenge to the, to the parents. I, I'm going to ask you, a, a, this is one of my favorite questions parents and I ask myself this every day. What will you create with your remaining time? Now you might ask yourself, what's my remaining time? I, <laughs> I actually don't know and That's I'm a, sure you don't know yeah. either, but this is a place to, to go to get your BHAG. Think of, think of something really big and then work yourself backwards to the present moment. And I, I think it's great to pull out a piece of paper, fire up the laptop. This is even great to have a discussion with your, with your spouse or a, a close friend, or even to just sit in silence and, and answer it. But if, it's a, if, if this is a 30-year thing, if this is a 40-year thing, if this is a 10-year thing, five-year thing, three-year, take a guess. You don't have to be perfect on that, but work yourself back from, let's say, five years, three years, one year each quarter, then get really, really detailed and focused on this quarter, this month, this week, today, even, even right now in yeah. this moment. Like, who do I have to be? Uh, that's, that's probably the other question. So let's give them two questions, Nate. Okay. One is, what will I create with my remaining time? See where that takes you. And then, who do I want to be to inspire my teen athlete or performer? Mm-hmm. Love the word inspire in there. All right, parents, we've told you when to run. Don't miss the starting gun. On behalf of Steve Galley, I'm Nate Crandall, and we thank you, our loyal listeners, for tuning in to this episode. If you love what you're learning from the Stop Parenting and Start Coaching podcast, we would appreciate it very much if you would leave us a five-star review and some glowing comments. We also encourage you to share this episode with your friends and family who are parents of athletes and performers. And if you want to explore further and see what Steve and I are creating to help thousands of parents, athletes, and performers, please visit our company's website at createtransformbecome.com 
That's create, transform, become, all one word, dot com. There you'll find a growing number of resources to help you elevate your performance. Thank you again for your support, and we encourage you to create a magical relationship with your athlete and performer.